0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi Welcome to RealPod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Real Pod. I wasn't planning on doing an intro for this episode because it's a solo and usually I don't do an intro, but I have been nervous about putting this episode out there just because it's very raw and I am literally speaking, the way I would speak to my absolute best friend. like <laughs> This episode could be a recording of a phone call from the middle of the night where I call Max. <laughs> so I've had a week or so now to kind of think about this and reflect on the recording and also listen to it on the back end with my producer. So I've been able to gather even you know more thoughts on how I feel, I was feeling and I am feeling. And I've gained a lot of clarity because Recording this and honestly working on the edit, it was cathartic for me. On a side note, I highly recommend talking about how you feel into your voice memo and then listening back to it because you can learn a lot from hearing yourself and hearing your thoughts. And then you have more thoughts and you can almost hear things you don't hear when you're saying it, if that makes sense. That said, I just have a few quick things that I wanted to share before you listen because of said clarity. And I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. In editing this, I was nervous that it might sound like mental health or volleyball or sports and body image are not going to be a part of me or my content anymore. And honestly, I was thinking, oh my gosh, are people gonna think like I don't want anything to do with mental health or sports or those opportunities or, you know, partnerships or collaborations? And no, that is not at all the case. I will always have love for those things. I'm fired up about them. I love connecting with people about those things, and it's always going to be a very special part of me. I love chatting with young athletes. I love being a part of the mental health conversations. I am incredibly passionate about anti-diet culture and intuitive eating. But as you'll hear from this episode, and I hope you'll take away from this episode, is that I just feel like I'm in a transition phase where I... Don't want to keep repeating the same script, for lack of a better word. Many of you OG RealPod listeners know that from the jump, my brand started as Victoria Garrick, the volleyball player. And maybe there's some of you who didn't really know that about me and came here more recently and for a different reason, which is amazing. I love that. But as I listen back to myself in this podcast, the main thing is I'm just a person who's at a transition phase in life. I'm not necessarily leaving pieces of me behind but I'm just gaining and growing new pieces to me in my life that are now at more the top of my totem pole. So those old identity pieces are still a part of me, but that part of me is just smaller these days. And I'm honestly learning what that means for me. All of this as well, I've realized is very much a me thing. It is about me allowing myself to grow and change, have new interests you know, evolved to someone different in my life than I was five years ago, than I was seven years ago and finding confidence in a Victoria who isn't X, Y, Z descriptive words, but who's just simply Vic. And maybe you already think I am that, but right now I think I'm becoming fully aware of, of what that means for me. Anyways, I'm going to stop it there and I'm going to let you listen. And thank you again for holding the space for me today. Hello everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Real Pod. If this is your first time, buckle up. This will be a little bit of a ride, but if you are returning, just thank you so much for consistently listening to my podcast. It means so much to me, and I love having the opportunity to have an outlet like this where I can really kind of talk about and flush out thoughts that I'm having and that I'm feeling and recently I have been in a place where I just feel like I'm in an identity funk. I don't want to call it an identity crisis because I'm not really having a crisis. I know who I am. I think (laughs) I know what I want, I think, but I'm just working through shedding the shell or like if I'm like, we're thinking of snakes, like shedding this layer of skin And accepting the fact that I'm kind of evolving into something new. And I, this is probably going to be like all over the place, but I just really wanted to take it to the show because I think that it's something that a lot of people go through at different times in their life for different reasons and with different identities. For me, the last time I can remember being at a place where I was shifting like Who I was, or more so, what I did was graduating from college. And I had been a volleyball player my whole life. And then now I was graduated and I was into the real world, quote unquote, starting a career. And that was new because I wasn't going to be going to practice on the volleyball team and in games and competing. And I had been sort of documenting my life at that time. I was vlogging on YouTube and had just started my Instagram. So I remember feeling like, okay, how do I keep this going? Like, how can I continue to talk about volleyball and my experiences, even though I'm not here and I'm not like doing that anymore? And I was able to keep storytelling a huge part of my early career. I think pretty much up until now, which we're going to dive into all of this. And upon graduating from college, my shtick, for lack of a better term, but my story was essentially USC women's volleyball player talks about mental health, depression, anxiety, and body image and inspires others to overcome. You know, I feel like that's sort of the hero arc or story, like for lack of a better term. And I went on to be speaking at colleges to students and athletes and I would post about this on my Instagram and I was touring the country right out of college. Then the pandemic hit and I was on Instagram and I was bringing these same stories to life and this time diving more into body image and my binge eating disorder. And I think for a hot minute there, it was like I went from USC athlete mental health to still USC athlete or former athlete, but now very much body image based. People would often use the term body positivity, self-love, had a lot of intuitive eating content. And I feel like in those two years, like 2019 and 2020 was sort of the most like pivotal for me in shaping my social media following to kind of where it is today. And so I think that's maybe why I have a lot of these you know, reservations with my identity is that it's so rooted in this storyline of this like athlete mental health struggles. Like I think at a high level, it's those two things. And I'm just at a point now where I'm feeling pulled towards other things. I don't feel like I, not even that I don't feel like I, I mean, the I can't remember the last time I played volleyball. It's just like not that easy to scrap together 12 people to play indoor volleyball at a gym with equipment at the level that I used to play at. And so as a result, like I just, I haven't played as much. Of, it's not like golf or tennis where I can be, you know a D1 athlete in those sports. And then I can still go to the driving range or like play tennis with one person. It's just difficult. I, I haven't done it. I don't work out consistently which is something I would like to do. But I say these things to say like, do I currently feel like I am an athlete? No, of course, in my heart, I know that I am one, but that's not my behavior. Like those are, those are, that's not the actions in my life anymore. So there's one thing. And then on the other hand, I am at a place in life where this story about my depression, this depressive episode in college where it was really dark for me. I got to a point where I was having thoughts of suicidal ideation. I never acted on that. But yeah, there was times where I was thinking, what would it be like to hit pause on life? Things were bleak for me. And I had performance anxiety and I had a really unhealthy relationship with food when I was binge eating. You know, those are the things I was going through then. This is like 2015 and 2016 and 2017. And now we're in 2023 and I'm 25 and I'm married. And for the most part, I'm pretty happy. I'm like did not think I'd get emotional in this podcast, but I think just kind of reflecting on where I was and where I am now, I did not plan to like cry in this podcast at all. I thought it'd be way more lighthearted. But it's pretty cool to have come so far and not have those feelings or thoughts anymore and to not struggle with my body in the way that I did. And it's been like, The body image thing has been a journey since I was young and had struggles. But, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 23, 24, It's been eight years of like, if you want to use the word recovery, recovery, reading the books I needed to read, going to therapy, practicing, developing this awesome relationship with food that I have now and just being happy. You know, I've had some moments of intense sadness, even in this past recent year, just with things going on in my personal life. But would I say that I was in a depressive episode? No, it didn't compare to what I experienced in college. I guess what I'm saying is I'm at a place where I am happy for the most part. I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm not kind of these things that I feel like have been the big forefront billboard of who Victoria Garrick Brown is. And I kind of Just, I'm starting to lose excitement and motivation and joy because I feel like I'm keeping myself in this place that I don't really want to be in anymore. Do you want to know what I drink immediately after recording this? Element Element can help eliminate and prevent headaches, and I definitely get a headache after thinking too much about everything going on in my mind and all of my emotions. Element is also great for muscle cramps, fatigue, and most importantly, it replenishes lost electrolytes because it is an electrolyte drink mix. I literally swear by Element. I make all my friends get it. We have tons of it at home. Whenever people come over, we give it to them, especially after workouts. Element is amazing because did you know that when you sweat, the primary electrolyte lost is sodium? Athletes especially can lose up to seven grams per day. And when sodium is not replaced, it's common to experience muscle cramps and fatigue. So if you're doing any sort of physical activity, Element is also great. But even if you're not, I will drink it even on the weeks I'm not working out because I just feel like it revives me. Element is used by everyone from NBA, NFL and NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs to everyday moms, dads and exercise enthusiasts. Right now, Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors, by the way, or share Element with a friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com RealPod. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash RealPod. That's Element, L-M-N-T at drink. LMNT.com slash RealPod. Okay. Recently I went skiing with Max and I had the cutest pink ski glasses and I was wearing the bunny slope dropout snow goggles from Gooder. They were lightweight and comfortable, a hundred percent polarized. So stylish. I mean, pink Sign me up. Also, they had magnetic interchangeable lenses. So I had this translucent yellow one that I was wearing that I loved. And then I also have a blue lens that's like super cool and mirrored. So I have technically like two different pairs of snow goggles in one. I mean, these were amazing. Gooder also has so many stylish sunglasses starting at only $25 a pair with a one-year warranty and a 30-day free return policy. 100% 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Also, Gooder is a 100% carbon neutral company plus 1% for the planet. All great things. If you have not heard of Gooder or you have not tried it, definitely check it out. You can support RealPod and shop Gooder by using the code REALPOD to get free shipping on your first order. I threw the link in the show notes, but you can also go to gooder.com/realpod to get free shipping. That's Gooder dot com slash realpod to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and a 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash realpod and get free shipping. I just spoke at a conference and preparing for keynotes always make me so anxious. It is like, I hate preparing to give a keynote. It is takes such an emotional toll on me. I mean, I sometimes will have to watch my own TED Talk. So I'm pulling up my 19-year-old self who was going through the hardest time in her life. I'm having to watch that. Sometimes I'm even closing my eyes and I'm like, okay, feel what this version of you was feeling. Remember what it smelled like. Remember what your days were like. Like, I'm like, tap back into this mindset so you can deliver an amazing keynote so you can remember how these people are feeling and you can inspire them. And like, yes, it's for this greater good. And I love to help others and I love to inspire. But I think recently my follow up question is like, to what extent or like at what cost? You know, like when you go to therapy, you go there to talk about your problems and then work through them and then come out the other side. And I feel like a lot of my content is me having to revisit these traumatic experiences or revisit these emotions and feelings and then regurgitate them in current day. And I'm just like tired. I'm tired of doing it. And I don't mean tired of it like in the way someone says like, I'm tired of so-and-so. I just mean like I am exhausted. Like my soul aches because it's like I've worked so hard to be where I am and then I'm not even allowing myself to fully bask in the reward of that because I keep sending myself back to then create this content to stay relatable and stay my quote niche and stay in line with my bio you know my bio that gets read when I go to an event and it's like walked on to the USC women's volleyball team finish your career with top five most digs but her mental health took a toll. She battled depression and anxiety. Like, it's like this story. And now I feel like it's boxing me in and I'm not allowing myself to kind of grow and change and like be someone different. And I have a lot that I'm going to share on this. I did kind of flesh out some of my thoughts on a document because I want to make sure I kind of say everything that I'm feeling and kind of rewinding to this keynote idea and revisiting these emotions in a weird way. Like, I'm exploiting myself. Like I'm capitalizing on my own pain. And then I'm packaging it up in a well-spoken keynote that has an opening hook that I know gets everyone every time. And it's this flowed story. And I've worked with two speaking coaches on how I'm going to tell it. And then I have these takeaways. How am I going to button this up and sell this to inspire hope? And like, of course, it's not as inauthentic as that. Okay. Like when I do this work, I I really genuinely care about it, but I'm also someone who wants to do well and I'm being paid. And when you're being paid, you want to perform and you want them to say, we're happy we're signing this check, you know, and we're happy we brought her here. And so in a weird way, yes, I can't just kind of show up and be myself. I have to freaking prepare and make sure that I'm going to deliver. And then that means I'm looking at my own story and life experiences and I'm being so analytical and I'm scrutinizing it and I'm trying to make it like the best it can be and it's like so fucked up to think about that because imagine if you when you went to therapy you had to prepare for therapy to then like deliver it to your therapist like you know and so it's just been hard for me it's been hard for me for a while and literally after my last keynote I called my speaking agent and was like I'm I don't want to do keynotes anymore like I don't want to do them I don't care what the opportunity is I don't care what the money is like I don't want to do it anymore. I'm happy to do moderated Q&As. I'm happy to come and to sit and to be interviewed. And someone can ask me questions and I'll answer questions. But I can't do this packaging thing anymore. And look, I know I've been stressing a lot about public speaking, but I feel this way in my content as well. I feel like, you know, when I talk about exploiting, so I want to do a body image post. Okay. So I'm scrolling back on my iPhone to photos of me from sometimes even far as back as 2013, you know, in high school when I was super thin or 2015, 2016 at USC. Once again, we're in 2023 and I'm going back. It's like to what repurpose this story, repurpose this content, you know, talk about it. And like, It's just exhausting and I just, it doesn't light me up anymore. The literal last thing I want to do is go on like a podcast and be interviewed about myself currently because I know how it goes. I go to the interview and then the person says, So you were a college athlete. You know, what were sports like growing up? And then they're like, And when did things start to get intense at USC? And like, here I am, 25, recalling my 18 year old self and like, no hate to the interview or anything. Like, obviously I do that and people come on my show and we go back on their stories. But I feel like I'm at a place where I don't want to talk about that anymore. I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about my relationship with Max and my husband and how to have a healthy relationship because that's so important to me and it's a huge piece of my life right now. I want to talk about my outfits because I recently have this love of the struggle for pulling together an outfit. And I've started VIX fits on my Instagram and it makes me so happy And I love this exploration of makeup. And I love posting more about my mom and my friends and, you know, Aubrey and her boyfriend. Like, it's that's so fun for me. And I love that. But it's really hard for me to, like, let myself do that, too, because I literally will think to myself, what about the baseball coach from such and such school who followed you after your inspiring keynote? And now he's like, this bitch is posting her outfits. That's what goes through my mind. And so then I'm like, okay, i got to make sure that tomorrow I'm posting something inspiring or it's like I almost think of it people like a content creator will talk about content pillars and like yes there's strategy to what I'm posting. Obviously I'm always trying to be authentic. I'm never lying to you guys. I'm never filtering things. But do I know what performs well? Yes. Do I know how to stay relevant? Yes. Do I know how to hit a trend? Yes. And so I feel like I have these plants of like I have a mental health plant, I have an athlete plant, I have a relationship plant. And it's like I'm trying to water each of them. I'm trying to hit every niche and keep everyone interested in every single thing. And to like stay true to this narrative, it feels like a chore. Like I'm trying to keep these plants alive and I'm sick of having fucking plants. (laughs) Like it's too much for me right now. And I struggle because I am not like some random person who can kind of make this choice to pursue something in their life and have it like not really affect or impact or matter to like other people. Anyone in life, you have parents or you have loved ones or you have friends and yes, the choices you make in your life will impact those people. For me, I do think I have this added struggle of like, okay, 400,000 people on Instagram have throughout the course of my career found me and followed me. And 1.3 million people on TikTok have done the same. And so I have this like added thought and pressure in my mind of like, what do they want from me? What made them find me? What clicked follow? What do they like? What do they wanna see? And so as a result, I am catering to the masses because I'm trying to stay what they want me to be or stay who they want me to be. I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself, but I don't have something magical to say about that pressure, I feel. But like, it's a lot. And then I have this second thought of like, am I abandoning them? I feel like I'm really hard on myself. And I literally have a voice in my head that's like, okay, well, great. You figured out your shit and now you're happy. So you're gonna go live your happy life and leave all these other people who might not be happy yet just to fend for themselves. Like, I feel like I have this responsibility or like I'm indebted and I have to like help everyone or keep this narrative going. But I also then have the awareness to be like, okay, that's not actually true. No one signed a contract when they followed you. People can unfollow you. You could have helped many people from the years of 2017 to your TED talk coming out to 2023, that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time that I have been advocating and I've been sharing my story and I've been talking about these issues and trying to raise awareness and trying to help other people, you know, and that's a lot of time. And I feel like I need to allow myself to accept that I did some awesome work in that time frame, and I don't have to keep it going, especially if it's not bringing me joy anymore. A big reason that I founded The Hidden Opponent was because I realized this a few years ago that the athlete story part of me, like I I just literally could not keep doing it as intensely. And I, I think teetered away from that content. And I love that The Hidden Opponent can live as its own community where other athletes are sharing their stories and they're the ones inspiring others and they're supporting each other. And it's like, it doesn't have to be me. And I think I'm also trying to give myself the grace to know that, like, it's unrealistic for me in my life right now to try to be relatable and be the blueprint or the mold or the idol for a 15-year-old volleyball player. Like, it's literally, I, I can't do that, you know? This brings me to this word relatable. I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast. Relatability and being relatable has been so center- of everything I've done since I got on social media. I have tried so hard to be someone that everyone can look at and see themselves in. And that's just, that's not the truth. I'm not relatable to everyone, I'm not. And I actually had a really, I had a really powerful conversation. I was working with a diversity and inclusion coach because I wanna make sure that my platforms feel welcoming for everyone. And that I can talk to other people who are women of color or who have faced different battles in life. And I can better be a page that welcomes everyone. But in this meeting with this coach, she said to me, you're not relatable to everyone. You are not relatable to everyone. And like, that was super hard for me to hear. Like I had to sit with that, like, no, like I can be like, I'm really down to earth and I'm a good person. And I, I get it. I get it. And she's like, no, you don't. You're not relatable to everyone. And I really had to accept that and start to, and I think this past year, even with like my wedding and my bachelorette party and like just getting older and like making money for myself and buying myself a really expensive Zimmerman dress for my bridal shower that I'm not going to hyperlink for my followers because that's tone deaf because not everyone can buy this dress. Like, you know, and so I think I just have Been at this place where i think about every single thing that i do every single thing that i have everything that i wear everything in my apartment that i try so desperately to be relatable drink every time i say relatable you're drunk but i do that and i think one it's not authentic it's not true because i want to be myself and i want other people to be themselves and i'm also the kind of person where like if someone has less than me or more than me like i'm not treating them or looking at them differently and I feel like in this way, I haven't allowed myself to really kind of bask in like where I'm at in my life now, you know, not only from the mental health standpoint of being happy and being really excited about where I am in life, but also in my career, like I've been successful. I've I've worked really hard to be able to financially support myself, to be able to buy myself a nice bag, be able to buy myself a new car. And it's like, I don't do those things because... I'm like it's not relatable or if you have a Prada bag. Like once again, it's like I'm putting myself in this box of like you need to be this college athlete who struggles, which is like so funny to say. Ever since I was a little girl, I have had incredibly flat feet and I'm reminded of it every day by my husband Max who always says, "You have no arches." Well, I finally got that arch support baby and we are working on it because I wear Vionic shoes. All of Vionic's shoes have an innovative VioMotion technology, which is a patent podiatrist-designed footbed, and it's built into every style. I just got the neon orange slides. I love them. They are They are like giant marshmallows, so they're so comfortable. They're also so cute, and I love neon. It's just like a sporty color. I also have the pink fuzzy slippers, so that whenever I'm walking around the house, because I work from home every day, I want to make sure that I have arch support because I was not wearing Bionic during the pandemic and I feel like my feet got even flatter, which is not good in the long run. So now I'm making sure I always have that great arch support at home. And look, even if you're just looking for great arch support, comfortable shoes that are cute and trendy, but also really good for your feet, Bionic is the place for you. Look no further. And Bionic is offering real pod listeners Free shipping on any order. So use code RealPod at checkout for free shipping at www.vionicshoes.com. www.vionicshoes.com. Use code RealPod in all caps, one word at checkout for free shipping. I'm always thinking about everyone who follows me and what they want. And so I'm never really thinking about what I want or what would make me happy in this moment or what lights my soul on fire. It's more, what does everyone else want? And I also wanna give like everyone the benefit of the doubt because I don't really have a community that messages me and says, I want you to post more of this. I want you to do more of that. I don't like it when you show Max, I like this. Like you guys are awesome. So a lot of this is my own projection. It's my own thing I need to work through On, I'm putting this expectation on myself that no one else is and I had these conversations with a few of my friends and other creators. And a lot of them are like, I don't follow you to be inspired by like body image and mental health. Like I follow you because I just think you're really fun. And I like to see what you're up to. And I loved watching Max go skiing and I love seeing your little outfits. And I like, just think you're interesting. And so I want to keep tabs on what you do, you know? And for me, I'm like, whoa, okay. Like, that's refreshing and that's helpful for me to know. And there has been a shift in my content recently, you know, this past year of my wedding and my bachelorette and posting Vix fits and having my mom more on the gram, you know, people like messaging me, does Laney think this Laney that and spelling her name correctly, L-A-I-N-I-E, like the detail people have and they care. And that, that means so much to me. And I have so much fun with it. It's in my own head. I think that's not good enough. I have to inspire. I have to be motivating. I have to have some amazing quote or some takeaway. And I think that's the thing that I'm working on right now is like, maybe for me in some way, this podcast episode, like feels a bit like it's closure. Like it's me having a formal piece of content, like where I'm like, okay, I was able to kind of explain my thoughts, feelings and like put a bow on it. And I don't really want to put a bow on it because of course I'm going to post about, body image in the future, and I'm going to post about intuitive eating. It's just like, do I want to post about my actual binge eating disorder story anymore? No, I don't. There's a YouTube video. There's a podcast episode. There's lots of TikToks. Like it lives out there. Like you can scroll back and find it. My friend, Mary Jelkovsky, was telling me she's Mary's cup of tea on social media. I love her. And she said to me, we don't even want other people to stay in that place. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, we don't want other people who are depressed to always be depressed or to have an eating disorder, always have that eating disorder. Like we want to see recovered and moved past it. We want to see depressed and worked out of it. Athlete and now career woman. And it was so true because like I would never judge or be upset with someone else for growing and evolving in their life. Yet I'm almost like upset with myself for wanting to be a little bit more basic and a little bit more fun and entertaining and not so deep like recently i've loved listening to pop culture podcasts and watching reality tv and following Demois Moi and not skinny but not fat and just like getting the tea on celebrities and it's like the old version of me would've been like that's not purposeful that's not growing you as a person that's not inspiring it's like killing brain cells. And now I'm kind of like, low key, I want to kill some brain cells. Like I'm a little, I'm too activated. I'm too invested in growth and it's exhausting. And I just want to have fun and let loose and like be a little bit more curious and pump the brakes on my life because I've had my hands on the steering wheel and I've been going a million miles per hour. And I've been trying to pick up every single thing I pass as I drive by. And I'm kind of like, can I park the car and get out and just chill? And that's another thing that's hard for me as well is recognizing the privilege that I have to be 25 and be in a place where I don't have to work as hard. That's another thing that I think about is like, I I feel like I keep myself grinding and working because if I'm not, I'm very much sitting in this privilege and that's uncomfortable. And look, I still want to get deep. I want to get real. I'm always going to be that way. I'm never going to filter. Like that's who I am at my core, but not about the same story anymore. Not about recalling this same practice at USC where I felt my performance anxiety or this bike ride that I had to the Galen Center where I had those suicidal thoughts. Like I will talk about the issues that I have currently in my life. And I will hopefully like I don't want to have kids yet, but like hopefully I can be someone who talks about that experience for women and what it's like to have a baby or to carry a baby or to try to get pregnant. So I think my through thread is just being real. And I think I have to allow myself to adjust what it is I'm being real about. And if there's people who want the old me or they miss the old content, that's life. And I can't try to accommodate those people because it's not allowing me to live as fulfilling of a life or as joyous of a life as I want to live. I mean, and where do I go from here? I think I am going to try to give myself permission to pursue what makes me happy. And when I have that thought of, do people want to see this? Is it inspiring to them? Is it helpful for them? I will try to kind of take a breath and be like, okay, I know where that comes from. Like for the past six, seven years, I've done a lot of things in trying to help others and inspire through my content. But now I'm at a place where I want to live a joyous life. And hopefully me living my joyous life can inspire someone else or can help someone else. Like I've said before, I think on RealPod that to me, the most inspiring people I come across in life are the people who are living their lives the way that they want and being who they are. That is hands down the most inspiring thing to me because I think when you see someone else doing that, it gives you permission to live a little bit more authentically in your life. And I think that I have to recognize I can't cure everyone's performance anxiety and I can't keep everyone from their binge eating and try to get them to intuitively eat like I can just live my life authentically and hope that that is something that sparks inspiration in another, but I can't control that either. So I don't have a buttoned up fancy answer or takeaway contrary to my usual format and what I like to do. I'm just kind of brain dumping where I've been at and what I'm hoping to give myself, which is just more compassion and more forgiveness and peace and encouragement to take each day and each opportunity as it comes. I have no buttoned up point. So thank you. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Bars. Bars. Seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day, and as always, keep it real.